You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. So tonight, in the aspect of helping people discover their purpose, live in power, and live out their God-given potential, what stops people from living out their purpose in power and potential. What stops us is one word. One word, and it's a four-letter F word. The four-letter F word we're talking about is fear. Hello, okay, is fear. Yes, we're a church for sinners, by sinners, but my mom is still watching. Hallelujah. Okay, let me tell you guys this. Fear is the biggest stumbling block of everyone's life. Everyone's, I don't care who you are, white, black, Asian, Latino, whatever it is, no matter what it is, wherever you are in this world, the number one thing that stops you from living out your life is fear. That's the number one thing. Well, no, 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 Stephen. The biggest thing that's stopping me is my parents. My parents talk all kinds of crap to me and they're, they're limiting me. No, your fear of your parents is what's stopping you. No, 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 you don't get it. It's because I live in this economy and that it's the fear of the economy. Did you know that no matter the people who are very, very wealthy, the richest people in the world, actually get richer in the time of turmoil in the economy? It's so fascinating. It's so sad. Okay, you know, not Warren Buffett said, "I hate that people are dying in the coronavirus. I hate that people are getting so affected." But you know, I get excited for my business because in the time of of hell and high water in the economy, I somehow get richer at the end of it. I say, how is that so? So how is that so for us? How is it for us when in the middle of crisis, in the middle of a pandemic, people are still rising up? People are still getting wealthy because they have no fear. You know, they say, oh, our economy is doom and gloom, our gas prices. All you gotta say is, I don't submit to that. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. And so here's the thing. I always say it before, what you believe, believing is what you accept in your head. If you, no, no offense to, uh, please, offense to the media, you know, you know, the media will tell you, oh, it's a bad day out there in the economy. Oh, the, you know, everyone's going to be in poverty. And uh, the media's giving all kinds of negativity in our minds. And what we do is we believe that. So we believe that nothing is going good for us because that's what we're told. And then what we believe is then how we behave. And how we behave is then who we become. So what you believe is how you behave, and how you behave is who you become. And that's the biggest thing, is your beliefs. That's why church is so important. I remember talking to a pastor, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be called pastor, because I'm so sinful. <laughs> I'm probably the biggest sinner out here. <laughs> Trust me, let's challenge each other. You know? But it's like, like I said, I don't want to be called a pastor. He goes, no, 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 no. I don't care how sinful you are. You have the role of the pastor. That is you, and he, you know, he said another word, but he said that's you wussing out. Okay, I'm the different word, but he said that's you wussing out. Because you're wussing out saying, I don't want the responsibility, but you have the responsibility. The pastor has the biggest responsibility. I was like, how so? Isn't that the president's most biggest? No, because the pastor's job 
is to change the people's belief system. And if you can change their belief system, you can change then how they live out their life. And I'm like, oh, smack. So you're telling me, if I help people believe greater for their life, they'll achieve greater. He goes, absolutely. So I said, okay, I take this now responsibility pretty huge. So here's the thing. Out there in this world is always feeding us fear. Everywhere we go is fear. Everywhere we left, right, everywhere we go, there's fear being spoken to us, told to us, and people are promising us that we're going to have doom and gloom and things are not going to work out. But tonight I want to talk about the idea of having faith over fear. Can you guys say that? Say faith over fear. Faith over fear. Amen. Let me tell you guys what fear stands for. We've heard this before. There's two things I love that says... Uh, Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. You guys heard that before? Mm -hmm. Another one is F everything and run. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it again. Fear, F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. Or F everything and run. So here's the thing. People are in one of two camps. You say fear. Oh, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing. And I love my wife, but I love a part of my wife is that she has a, she's a woman of faith. I was in jail last year. I was like, babe, they're telling me I'm going to be locked up for another 50 years. What the heck? She says, oh, no, you'll be fine. I'm like, easy for you to say. You just have McDonald's. You know, they're giving me like three little meatballs over here. And like, the, like and then, that's the worst part of jail for me was the food, okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> And my mouth is salivating now, thinking about Hilda King, maybe with the food, I'm like, oh, for, for food here. <laughs> Anyways, hallelujah. But here's the thing. I was living in the F everything and run. And when we have fear, what happens is we shut down. Well, I can't handle this. This is not going to work out for me. I, I don't know if this is going to, you know, what the heck? I, why even try? And then we go ahead and just, we just shrink down our lives because we're like, F it. F everything and run. I got fear, so I'm going to go ahead and just shrink back. But then there's another aspect of, you know what, fear, false evidence appearing real. Oh, they're telling me the economy isn't great? I don't believe that. I don't submit to that. And then they go ahead and live their life and hustle because they believe the economy is for them. They believe that, that the world is, I mean, come on, in a pandemic, we got our own very own Sarah's business is prospering like crazy. Come on now, don't tell me the economy is bad. Listen, let me tell you this right now. It's up to you. F everything and run or false evidence appearing real. So in the aspect of faith over fear, there are three things that I want to bring up to you guys about this aspect of fear. And we're going to talk about faith over fear in the next few weeks. Because I want you and I to go into 2022 fearless. Is that okay? So... The first point I want to make here is to have faith over fear determined by what we see. 1 Samuel 17, 23 to 25. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, Goliath, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. 
the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage, and he will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. That's the promise they gave to the Israelites. Whoever can kill this Philistine gets my daughter. Okay, get laid. Then what happens next? They get great wealth. Cha-ching, they get money. And then they get exempt from taxes. Who doesn't want that? Get the woman, get money, and no taxes. Come on, somebody. That's the shot aim right there. <laughs> right, you gotta keep it all. My friends, but here's the thing. Every time the Israelites, no matter how big the promise of money and girl and taxes, no matter what, the Israelites would see Goliath. 25, do you see how this man keeps coming out? Do you see? 24, whenever the Israelites saw, say saw, saw, saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. They all fled from him. Is that how you live your life? When you see challenges, when you see struggles, do you flee? Do you run away? I know you're all very, very strong people. But let's be honest here. There, I'm going to be honest. There are times where I will shrink back and get discouraged. But we have to, be, we have to remind ourselves, we can't be like the Israelites and wussy out. And here's the thing, 1 Samuel 17, 32, moving forward. David said to Saul, the king, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. My friends, that, he is a little boy saying, ah, don't, don't tell him not to lose him. Don't tell him, don't worry. I got this. And then later on, if you read through the chapter, 1 Samuel 17, Samuel's like, dude, you're just a little kid. Who the heck do you think you are? This Philistine's been fighting wars for years. You've just been a shepherd boy. Who the heck? You, they even, the brothers are like, what are you doing? And here's the thing. David did not see his limitations. Hmm. David did not see his capacity of limited. He saw, you know what? God is on my side, and I can take him. Hmm. And he did. And that's an amazing story of faith over fear. He just said, you know what? I'm going to go take this guy. And he took his rocket, of course, and flinged it at him. And you know where the cross is? Where they put the cross on the cross of Golgotha. That's the same place that David conquered Goliath. Wow. The very place. Now the Bible says David was ruthless. He, he Not only did he fling him down, but he got his little sword, the sword of Goliath himself, and then stabbed his eye. His eye. You know what that is? Your vision is gone. He took his vision because David says, my vision conquers all. And the very place, the very place, here's the trippy part, do your research. I done my research. He got the knife, he got the sword, and stabbed him, and went through the ground. And that place where he put that into the, the ground, is the very place they put the cross. The very place he put the cross. You know what that symbolizes to me? That symbolizes to me that the cross of Jesus Christ is our Goliath saying, you know what? We've stabbed your giant. The giants you face, the giants that you are going through, it's finished. And that's the very last words of Jesus. He stood, on the, he was on the cross. The very last words of Jesus, it is finished. So why are we dealing with our fears? 
Why are we dealing with our, our struggles when it's already been done for? It's already been done. It's over. You know, you watch a movie and you're like, you've watched it maybe eight times and you see the, the character struggling. You see the character sweating. And you're over here watching it and you're like, eating your popcorn. That's cute. I know what happens next. That's what God is doing up there. You're over here struggling and tossing and turning in your bed. And he's like, bro, I know what's going to happen. You're good. Chill out. He's already watched the movie. You know what's funny is they say about 85% of things we worry about never happen. 85% of things we worry about never happen. Oh, <laughs> okay, um, I'll behave. Um, oh, I don't, I don't want to walk across the street and make it ran over. Yeah, but if you walk across the street, you can get food and you'll eat. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's the aspect of like, People are living life in fear that they don't ever go out. Some people are so much in fear that it cripples them. I know so many people who live in fear and they just can't see anywhere else out. So how do we get faith over fear? Is determined by what we see. The second point here is what we say. You know, the children of Israel walked around the wilderness for 40 freaking years. It should have taken them only 11 days to walk around. But the reason why it took them 40 years, because they kept on batting. They kept on complaining. They kept on talking. That smack. And God's like, keep going, guys. Keep going. It should have taken only 11 days. But it took them 40 years. And so, when they actually came over to the promised land, to Jericho, and said, okay guys, this is it. You know what God commanded them to do? It says, keep your mouth shut until I say so. So that's what they did. They walked around quietly seven times. Seven times. They kept quiet. You know, keep quiet. On the seventh time, then shout. And then I'll give you the land. So they did exactly that. Because what you say determines the outcome of your life. Some of us need to wash our mouth. Not literally. But actually, you need to brush your teeth. But you need to be careful of what you say with your potty mouth. Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. Luke 11.2, when you pray, say. By the way, let me just pause right here. Prayers are never quiet. You never hear the Bible talk about prayers being quiet in the head on praying. No, you're meditating. Meditating is good. Meditating is good. But that's not prayer. So some of you never prayed your entire life. So I give you permission, okay, to actually start speaking your prayers in your car and say, hey, spouse or hey, friend, I'm going to be talking right now to God. Don't mind me. So God, talk. When you pray, say. Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I tell you, if anyone says in this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done to them. What you say is what you get. What you say is what you get. So, oh, I don't know if this will work out. Oh, shut your mouth. Oh, man, I'm over here, you know, thinking it's going to turn this number. Oh, it's not going to turn that number. Shut your freaking mouth, Gage. But seriously, be careful what you're freaking saying. Because what you say is what you get. It's a spiritual thing. 
What you say is what you get. You know, they even have it in The Secret, Law of Attraction. You guys heard of Jack Canfield and, and, and John Ashraf? They say what you put out into the universe is what you get. That's, the, I mean, let's just put it out there. The Secret is trying to keep trying to catch up to the Bible. Okay, it's been first in here, and then they're trying to follow suit. So what you say is what you get. So some of us, you need to start changing our vocabulary. Start changing our words of what we're saying in our lives. And some of us here need to stop saying stuff. Even if you don't, I don't believe, I don't mean it. I'm just joking. If you, what you say is what you get. So I give us permission to every single one of us to stop saying negativity. Start saying positivity. I have a six pack. Hallelujah. Yeah, there you go. So, what you see determines faith over fear. What you say, and the last point here, which I absolutely is the mo probably the most important thing, is wherever you settle. Where you settle. Some of us here tonight are settling in our lives. That we're okay living a life mediocre. You know, I'm okay right now. And Paul tells us to be content. So we are to be content, not saying that we're, we know whatever, but to stay there is another thing. You are building a brick house where you're only meant to pitch a tent. And so keep this in mind that we need to stop settling for less than. Stop settling for what it is that's mediocre in our lives. I'm okay with X, Y, and Z. This is all right, I'm okay, I'm happy. No, you need to be excited. Get excited, you know the word excitement? The word enthusiasm? Is the, 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 there's a Greek word enthusiasm. It actually comes from the word Holy Spirit. And so saying that your life, if you're charged with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are to be enthusiastic about life. Be enthusiastic about your life, your health, your career, your business. Be enthusiastic. If you're not happy, there's a practice. Go in the mirror and look at yourself and just smile for five minutes. Stare at yourself for five minutes. Just look at yourself and smile. And you're going to be like, this is weird. But try it. And I want you to tell me when you try it. Because I'll be like, cool, you're weird with me. <laughs> but trust me. You know, this is funny, okay? This is funny, but it's so practical. Tony Robbins, you guys know Tony Robbins? He actually says, if you smile for five minutes for no apparent reason, you extend your life. I'm, why would I smile? Nothing's good for my life. But when you smile, <laughs> jealousy, friends, okay? Start smiling. When you start smiling, life begins to be a little brighter for you. You begin to exercise the muscles in your, I think it's over a thousand little muscles that causes you to create a smile. And when you begin to have a smile, then you say, okay, I'm a little more joyful. So here's the thing. If you're saying, you know what, my life is okay, doesn't really cause me to smile, doesn't give me enthusiasm, then change it. You have the power to change your life. You have the power to change. Oh, okay, I'm gonna change my life. I'm gonna move to a whole different city, a whole different country. That, let me just tell you right now, wherever you go, there you are. Okay, so don't think that changing to another place will change you. It's not. You will change you. 
You will change you. So where we settle in our life, I'm okay with this. 2 Kings 7, 3, 4. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we stay, we'll go into the city. The famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp and surrender. If we, they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. So you know what they say? I love what my mentor told me. Stephen, you can't win a game you don't play. Well, I don't want to play X, Y, Z. I don't want to take a chance. But if you take a chance, but the chances are so low. But at least there's a chance. And that's what these guys here are saying. You'll never, ever win a game you don't play. So, I, okay, I, I, I'm not feeling like networking today. I don't feel like going out and, and passing out business cards and shaking hands with investors. And I want to, if you don't, you'll never meet them. If you don't go out of your way to meet people, you're never gonna meet people. But what if they reject me? Okay, let's think about this real quick. When it comes to fear, you know there's a very holy, holy, holy phrase out there. I don't, it's not Bible, but it's super holy. And I ask myself this every time I'm about to do something that's outrageous. What's the worst that will happen to me? If I go to XYZ networking event, What's the worst that will happen to me? If I go to this, what will happen to me? If I email this person, what's the worst that will happen to me? And the holy phrase I always hear in my head, after I've done it, okay, I sent the email, I made the phone call, I went to the event, I shook that person's hand, I met that person, is the question, but did you die? <laughs> and here's the thing, that's the worst that will happen for us is to die. So the question you're gonna ask yourself is, are you going to die if you go and reach out to that prospect? Are you going to die if you go out and say, let me go out and do this or do that? If you say, you know what, no, I'm not going to die, then go and freaking do it. Nike, prophetically, just do it. My friends, understand this. We must have faith over fear. And you're living in two camps. F everything and run, or is false evidence appearing real? And when it's false, you're like, it doesn't even phase you. It doesn't. So when the bank calls you and says, hey, you owe us money, now that's actually real stuff. But the question is, how does that affect you and your emotion? You know, I used to, when we were bad in debt, and the bank called me for, hey, you're your collections, hey, X, Y, and Z. It used to make me fearful. And I would shrink back and not even hustle anymore. And not even work hard because I was just like, oh, my life is over. I'm 18 years old and I'm in so much debt. I'm never going to get out of this. But I remember one time, my wife, back then girlfriend, literally slapped me. Because I was writing a suicide note. And she's like, you're 18 years old. Okay, you're in debt. But you're going to commit suicide because you're in debt? She literally slapped me. And she's like, just work hard. Get over that debt. So then I changed the phone numbers, the phone number, the 1-800 number to call the collection agency that said their phone number. Instead, I put the, I say the number, 
to hustle harder. Other phone numbers, keep going. Other phone numbers, you can do it. So every time they called me, I never answered, but I still looked at it. Keep going. All right. Deny. But keep going. <laughs> hustle harder. Deny. My friends, understand this. Your circumstance does not dictate you. Jesus calls Peter out to the water. They first thought it was a ghost. He says, if that's you, Lord, call me out to the water. Okay, he comes out to the water. Come. And he's walking. But he looks at the water. The, the waves coming. And he begins to sink. Because then he lose focus on Jesus and looked at the very thing that was about to take him down. My friends, I believe the symbolism of walking on water it says this. The symbolism is this. The very thing causing you to die. The very thing that will cause you to drown. The very thing that you say, I can't get over this. The very thing Jesus is telling us, you're meant to walk on top of the very thing that can kill you. And Jesus says, greater things shall you do than these. So Jesus walked on water, and that's how come he says, hey, you can walk on water. And that's how come he started walking. Did you know the phrase, fear not? Fear not. Appears in the Bible, the phrase fear not, appears in the Bible 365 times. My friends, it is a reminder to us every single day of the year, every day, to fear not. No matter what version you look at, of the book, there's a lot of different versions. But the words fear not, or don't be afraid, but fear not, whatever version you look, but 365 times it shows up. Fear not. My last verse here, Isaiah 41:10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My friends, tonight, the question I have for you is what are you dealing with in your life that is a little bit fearful? What fear do you have? And if we all be real with ourselves, we all have fear. It is part of life. But the question is, is that fear crippling us? Is that fear stopping us from living a life that God intends for us to have, which is a life more abundantly according to John 10.10. 10. So how are you, we all have fears, so I'm not questioning if you have fears, but what I'm saying is, how are you dealing with your fears? The fear of tomorrow, what will happen? The fear of what if this happens? The fear, maybe it's the fear of coronavirus, or oh my gosh, I lost my job. I'm so fearful I won't be able to pay my bills. Bro, go get another job. Easy. <laughs> now, it's easier said than done, of course. I'm not trying to diminish your pain, sorry. But I'm just saying is, if you have the idea of false evidence appearing real, and you say, wow, I just lost my job. I just lost my client. I'm fearful. But instead you say, no, no, this is, this is fake. I'm gonna go and get another job. 
I'm gonna go and get another client. This is fake, this two on four is fake. It is. What faith is the heaven, fear is the hell. When you have faith, it activates the heavenlies. When you have fear, it activates the underworld. My friends, I pray that we will live life full of faith. In this next few weeks, we're going to talk about faith over fear. And why do we talk about it for a few weeks, Stephen? Why? Because I really want to ingrain this in you. And they say you have to hear things at least seven to eight times before you actually get it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this. Now, not, not the same message, okay? But let me tell you right now, I, I, my wife and I, we, the leaders, we sincerely love you. Sincerely. And so if you have any kind of fear in your life, message us. And say, hey, can you pray for me for this? Can you help tell God about this or that? And we'll pray for you gladly. So not everyone stand at your feet. Listen, fear is there. It's not going to go anywhere. We have fear. But what we do with it is determines on the quality of our life that we have. So I'm not saying don't have fear because that's impossible. You're always going to have fear. It's part of life. But what you do with it matters. What you do with that fear determines the outcome. Everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed. First question I have tonight, which I always end this message those in the broadcast and those who are here tonight. If you're saying, Stephen, this whole Jesus thing you're talking about, I want a little piece of that Jesus. Or, you know, I'm still not sure, but I want to begin that journey to explore this Jesus. If that's you, can you just look at me? Amen. If you look at me a little bit, can you, everyone just pray this prayer with me? And say, dear Jesus, I want to begin this journey with you. I don't know it all. I'm not trying to know it all. But I just want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. Come into my life. Make me a new Thank you for dying on the cross. For your grace and your forgiveness. I declare tonight, heaven is my home, God is my Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Second question I have, everyone's eyes closed, every head's out. If you're here, say, Stephen, I need a change from one camp of F everything and run. I need to change it to false evidence appearing real. I need to have more faith over fear. If that's you tonight, can you just look at me? If that's you. Amen. 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 Father God, tonight for those who looked up, God, and, and, and received this word, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will be people who will have faith over fear. And that we will be people who will triumph over the thing that's supposed to take us down. So God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your spirit fresh and new that we would begin to be encouraged tonight, 
that whatever hell and fear that we're going through, that God, nothing that will go away because it won't just go away miraculously, but God, that you would build us up, make us stronger in you, that we will be able to tackle that. And as a gesture of receiving, put your hands in front of you with your palm up towards heaven and just receive. And Holy Spirit, I pray that people will receive your spirit, God, a fresh anointing, a fresh outpouring of your spirit, God. We thank you in advance for the miracles that will happen in this house. We give you all the glory, the praise. Receive it now. And we thank you for your outpouring upon your people. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.